Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. Hello, good evening. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Coming to you live from our studios here at number 11, Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. My name is Salom Adonu. Tonight I'm here with... Adjuatin Krama Domina. Coming up over the next 90 minutes. Chaos at NDC parliamentary vetting for the Ododododio constituency in Accra as part as supporters of the party or one of the candidates of the party vandalized office and accused party executives of bias. The event took place in La. Also coming up, an interministerial team chaired by Chief of Staff set up to coordinate government's response to the flooding disaster occasioned by the spillage of the Akosumbo Dam. Also coming up on Eyewitness News, more than 2,000 families will be forced to evacuate their homes following an order issued by the Ghana Water Company Limited to some residents in Bawe Gonse in the Wejagbawe municipality of the Greater Accra region. Stay with 97.3 City FM for more on these and other stories on Eyewitness News and in business. Aggrieved customers of Gold Coast Fund Management Company urge government to fast-track payment of locked-up funds after meeting with the Finance Ministry. There is more business in the next 50 minutes. Eyewitness News is live across the country on all our affiliates and around the globe at citynewsroom.com. In the Western region, we are on Adrimpa 100.7 FM in Takwa, Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, Sky Power 93.5 FM in Takradi as well. In the Bono region, we are on Greener 95.9 FM in Sunyani, Adjunipa 99.9 FM in Nkawi and the Ashanti region. In the Volta region, this is Heritage 107.3 FM in Hohoi, Freedom 88.1 FM in Sogakope. In the Northern region, this is Radio Gaki, 88.3 FM in Saboba. In the Upper East region, we are on quality 88.7 FM at Garu. And in the Northeast, we are at Nobia uh, FM, 98.1 at Nalerigu. Uh, you can join the discussion as always uh, with your comments on uh, our WhatsApp line 0549-986-996. Uh, we take our very first story and uh, Ajua will help us. So the vetting of parliamentary candidate aspirants for the Dududu constituency of the NDC in the Greater Accra region was disrupted by violence earlier today. Members of one of the candidates' camps destroyed party properties, including chairs and an air conditioner, and pelted stones at the vetting committee, citing unfairness. On their part, the chaos occurred at the regional party office in Southla, where three individuals, Ni Okainlaye Kote Ashi and Michael Ni Yaboy Annan, were facing the committee in the hope of succeeding the incumbent MP Edwin Nilante Vanderpoy, who is not seeking re-election. Today's vetting was to determine the fate of the three aspirants for the party's parliamentary primaries, which is slated for Tuesday, October 31, 2023. Here are excerpts of what transpired earlier today.
You heard excerpts of disturbances that characterize the vetting of NDC parliamentary aspirants at Ododododio in Accra. All right, thanks, Adjoa. Um, so we were in that constituency, so we were in that vetting, actually, the, the, the precincts of the uh, uh, the vetting, the sitting of the committee conducting the vetting, uh, and, and my colleague, uh, Philip uh, Latte, uh, was there and he's joined me in the studio to bring us up to speed with what has been happening or what actually transpired. So, Philip, uh, we know a number of constituencies, almost, I mean, quite a number of constituencies uh, had done their vetting. Some have even conducted their primaries. But Odododo and a few others are outstanding. So uh, today we understand this particular constituency was to have its vetting done. Three candidates, uh, Edwin Neil and Tevanapo, is not contested anymore. And so, what could be so, uh, uh, what, what, what could be so disturbing uh, to some people so, to embark on such, you know, uh, 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 such uh, terrible behaviour? So today, uh, which is uh, the uh, vetting day, uh, the Odododio constituency is out of 34 constituencies in uh, the Greater Accra region. And the 33 constituencies have already held their um, primaries, that is the presidential and the parliamentary. But for some reasons, with well, the leadership of the party, that is the NDC, held on to the the Odododio constituency. And um, on 10th and 11th of October 2023, they had a filing of the nomination. And at that filing of the nomination, it came out that Edwin Neil and Tevandapoy, who is the incumbent, is no more contesting or is not going to be in the race anymore. So today, which is um, display, today was slated for the uh, vetting for the three aspirants. That is a former Amasama MP, Emmanuel Niokainlai, and also. Um, Michael Niyaboy Annan, who crossed carpet from the NPP to the NDC in 2021. Uh, he contested the 2019 uh, NPP parliamentary primaries but lost and he also played his he he's also part of this particular vetting process. And a final person is uh, Alfred Kote Ashi who is the immediate past secretary of the uh, constituency, or that is the NDC constituency or the Dudu in that particular constituency. So to, today, uh, it was expected that uh, the vetting process will go on smoothly. But after the process, um, some aspirants, uh, some supporters of one of the aspirants, that is Ashi Kote, um, came out to say that the national executives, i.e. what they meant is that the vetting committee wasn't uh, being fair to them because they expected that one of the aspirants wouldn't go through the process. So uh, as part of uh, registering their displeasure, they ended up vandalizing um, properties of the uh, party at the regional office located in South La. So it was my colleague, um, Akosia Ochi, who was at the venue. And as a result, uh, she was attacked by one of the men who uh, were there, who uh, were vandalizing the properties of the uh, party. So that is actually what happened today in that particular place. I see. So the, the vetting committee did its work. Mm. Uh, the, the the candidate in question or the aspirant in question came out of the vetting to inform their supporters of what had happened. Yes. That one person they were expecting to be disqualified mm. had been passed. Yes. And so because of that, their supporters were incited. Exactly. And then they, they, they took the law into their own hands. Mm. But how did, I mean, how was the result declared? Is it that the result for all three I was declared at the same time or after one person is done they say okay this person is passed 
next person coming? How 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 did you? So the vetting committee started with Michael Niyaboy uh, Annan, who was the first person to go through the process. He picked number one during the balloting, and also Alfred Kote Ashi, who picked number two during the balloting, and also uh, the final person who is Emmanuel Ni Okainlai, he picked number three during the balloting. So what we understand is that after the betting process, uh, the first person who was Michael came out signifying to his supporters that he's number one. There they got to know that he has gone through the process. Also, uh, Alfred Kote Ashi, who also came there with his supporters, did same. And uh, it looks like Alfred Kote Ashi supporters weren't so much uh, pleased with the fact that the first aspirant went through the process, looking at the fact that he crossed carpet from the NPP to the NDC, and he's been given the chance to go through the process to contest in this particular elections. They weren't so much okay with the process. And that was what led to the um, vandalizing or destroying property of the party. I, I see. But the party has rules. The party has constitution. And, and the party is clear on how people will, pa will pass vettings, whether you cross carpet or not. I'm sure you are supposed to serve for a certain number of mm. years and do a few things in order to get properly assimilated into into the party. The, the, the candidate who came to tell his people or that the other candidate had passed did not know this. I mean, to, to educate the people you, that the party you, would allow. It's, it's, it's interesting how supporters of these aspirants will behave because maybe what has been printed in their minds, what have been spoken to them, what have been said to them is what they will follow. But it's so much on, on some... This is an unfortunate incident that happened in the party that ordinarily shouldn't have happened. It's just a process that should have gone on smoothly, just that the uh, chaos that marred the entire process. But do we know how popular this, Michael, Anna, person is to the extent that i mean his, his qualification you know sends shivers down the spine of other candidates for their their supporters to take the law into their own hands and, and do what, what they did is it a case that they they are afraid that once he goes to their vetting he 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 would beat the, the others in the primaries is so that the reason michael annan michael niyaboy annan has been in the race before mm. but he was in the race on the ticket of the npp mm -hmm. and it tells you that he's had some following in the party and crossing carpet from the NPP to the NDC tells you also that he may have gotten a lot more people backing him. So ordinarily it's going to be sending shivers down the spine of an individual who is already in the party who equally wants to uh, win the seat. Uh, now that Neil Antivandapoy has said that he's no more contesting and looking at the fact that the immediate past secretary of the party in the constituency wants to ascend the throne and now he's not getting the chance. Looking at the fact that it's going to be sort of um, a threat to him, um, th that is what the supporters are also looking at. So I can tell you for a fact that Michael may have built his uh, followership in the party or in the constituency for a very long time, looking at the fact that he's been there for, for a very long time, looking to forward to being becoming the member of parliament for the area. First, looking at it from the point of being the member of parliament on the ticket of the NPP, uh, which didn't go well with him. Now he's looking at being the member of parliament for the Ododododio constituency on the ticket of the NDC. I see. So do we know if the police came there and they effected any arrest? Do, do we have that information? What we understand from the party is that the party has made some uh, formal complaints to the 
uh, police service. We are looking forward to a, a, a formal communique from the party asking what exactly they are, they are going to say. And also uh, our talks with the party that is at the regional level, they have stated that, well, things are under control and they are going to ensure that the perpetrators are brought to book. I see. So we understand that the, the committee members were pelted with stones and, and, and they were attacked and all of that. We know if any injuries, physical injuries have been suffered. So what we understand is that with the uh, injuries, the party hasn't come out to say whether they are injuries or not. But looking at what was destroyed at the party office, it's obvious that a lot of things may have gone wrong there. As to the number of people who were injured, the only person we know is that our reporter, Akusia Otri, she reported that she suffered some injuries as a result of assault that was meted out to on her. Very well. well. We'll deal with the issue of Akusia, a very unfortunate incident there. Uh, the, the search of the replacement or, or the successor of uh, Edwin Nilanti Vanderpoy is, is getting chaotic. And this, the man, uh, Vanderpoy, I mean, Nilanti Vanderpoy, is joining me on the line to help us really understand what really has been happening. He's been part of the process. He's the MP for the area, and he clearly understands uh, uh, what the matter is. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Very unfortunate incident we are recording, you know, in, in the search of your search for your successor. What can you tell us about what happened today? Well, good evening. Thank you very much for having me. It's unfortunate, and I take this opportunity to apologize to all Ghanaians, especially NDC supporters, for what happened in uh, at the regional uh, office. Um, let me say, on behalf of the executive of Ududududio and the party, I sincerely apologize to all persons who are affected, and secondly, to the regional executive, and especially the vetting committee led by Mr. Alex Asimbefia and the rest. I also take the opportunity to uh, wish my sister from your outfit speedy recovery, and um, also our former nas uh, national vice chairman and former regional chairman, Mr. Daniana, who also suffered a little bit of injury. Um, I, I wish all of them speedy recovery. I've just left the regional office. I've had a meeting with the regional secretary, the regional treasurer, and the deputy treasurer, and also the administrator of the office. And uh, I've told them to post the, the, the necessary um, uh, repairs that needed to be done and then bring it to us, no, do, 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 do. we shall take responsibility for that. But then we are also recommending that the party take drastic action against all the individuals who have been caught on video uh, engaging in that dastardly act. I, I see. Very, very, you know, dastardly indeed. But what, what, what could occasion it? You know, what, what, what was the cause? I mean, people go to veterans and all of they that. Don't have, they don't have any legitimate reason. The party has channels, legitimate channels, by which you can seek redress if you are not happy with any process in the party. And I don't see why you should vent your anger on poor chairs and individuals who virtually had nothing to do with what is happening in other deals. Let me be frank with you. Their reasoning is totally unfair and unjustifiable. You can't say somebody should be disqualified so that you will go through the premise. But if they, you think, they claim that... They, yeah, go ahead. If you think that the person does not qualify, go sell that message to a delegate to vote against the person. I, I see. The, and but... convince the delegates to beat the person. Go and convince the delegates to vote for you and not vote for the person. Because the delegates are the ones who have the right 
to decide who should be the parliamentary candidate of the party. So go to them and tell them that you are more suited, you are more qualified, you are the most, let me say, qualified person to be their parliamentary candidate. It is not the poor chairs and the individuals at the regional office. Uh, yes, we, we understand that the, 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 the person who went through the vetting, which caused the problem, is one Michael Annan. And they say that he was an MPP person. He ran on the ticket of the MPP before. And so they feel that by virtue of that, he should not come anywhere close that, to becoming MP for, for, for that NDC. Is ab- that is absolutely nonsense. Really? Excuse my language. These are, these are strong we words go, you are using go, on your own constituents. Yes, I'm, ser- I'm, I'm serious. But we go out every day to campaign and convince people to join the party. If you are telling the people that at any point in time when somebody leaves another party to join your party, that person cannot qualify to occupy any position in the party, you think we will send that people to join the party? But what, what does your we, constitution we, we, say about situations like this? The constitution has regulations. The constitution has laws. If you think the person is not qualified, there's a procedure. Petition. When you petition, in this vetting process, if the person is still there, you have another avenue of an appeal. You haven't used any of that channel. So why do you engage in this? You understand me? Mm. There's no legitimate reason why they should do what they did. Yes, but they, they, they've should, done it. They should be punished. They should be punished. Uh, exactly, exactly the point I was getting to. They shouldn't have done it. They have done it. We're a society of laws. I'm sure you're a party of laws as well. Yes. Have you been able to identify these people and have you reported them to the police and have the police picked them up? The party has lodged a, 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 a report to the police. CTFM, will, by the, thanks to CTFM, we have the video of the people who engage in that act. And we are assisting the police to take an action against those people because what they destroyed is public property. Hmm. I, I see. So you're, you're, the, you're... The, the party is a public organization. Mm. Your, 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 your replacement is what is causing all of this, you know. But why are you yourself not running again? I mean, why is Edwin Nilante Van der Poy not running yes, for parliament Edwin, again? Edwin Nilante Van der Poy is just an individual who, by the grace of God, had the opportunity to contest elections for the NDC in 2012 and become their MP up to today. It gets to a time when Edwin Nilante Van der Poy will have to buy out definitely for someone else to continue from where he has left off. And that's the process which has begun. I cannot be MP for the Dodo forever. As a human being, I also get to a time when I need to also take a rest or venture into other, other areas. I used to be a broadcaster before I came into politics. Who knows where I'm moving tomorrow? So I cannot legitimately hold on to that position forever. It gets to a time when you need to do considerations, you need to look, assess yourself, and see whether you deserve to continue where you are on the path you're choosing for yourself, or you know you need to make a detour and find another route. And that is exactly what I've done. Having sat down with my family, I've considered with various people, I've consulted with the former flag bearer and current flag bearer of the party, the former president, John Dramani Mahama, my former boss. I've consulted with the party executive, the national executive, national chairman, the general secretary, my colleagues in parliament. I've consulted with even the speaker of parliament. I've consulted with my family. I've consulted with the chiefs, the opinion leaders, the religious leaders of my constituency. I've consulted with my my my, my uh, 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 paternal family. I've consulted with my maternal family. And 
the general consensus was that I should take a bow. I, I see, but do you have a candidate in this in this election? Who, because as a leader, you the surely know them, you surely you surely know who is best suited to, to succeed. All my candidates, mm. all the three are my candidates. I see, uh, very, yes, very well. All the three, in fact, all the four until until Nyama added. Let me be frank with you. Let me say it point clear. And I, I I'm not hiding. I'm not hiding it. The best person for me, let me tell you point blank, is the person who has withdrawn. <laughs> so, so the person by qualification, you... by qualification and everything, I I thought he had a good resume to be able to take it from where I have left off. That's a very but safe and political, very political answer a politician is giving me tonight. Uh, so oh, yes, no, no, I'm, I'm being frank with you. Have you have you have you looked at his, his his background? Have you seen his resume? No, I've I've not seen his resume. But people may have very yeah. attractive resumes, but when you put them in, yeah. in an office, they don't deliver. So the resume no, no, is. But he's also somebody, but... somebody like me who has grown out of the community, who knows the problem of the community. He stayed in the community. He's grown there. He's been one of us. He's been a footballer just like me. He's he's worked through. So so he's he's quite somebody I would say is good. But all of them are okay. All of them are okay, and that's why I've said that any one of them who wins with my support will garner more votes for the NDC and President John Dramani Mama than it has ever happened in the consensus. All right, uh, but let, let me let me place on record. Uh, we, we register our utmost revulsion at the conduct or behavior of, of your party tax, you know, who attacked my colleague, Akosia, when he got there. And we are very, very interested in what no, no, happens I've, I've to discussed, the tax who did that. With my, I've discussed with my regional secretary, and also my constituency chairman. And Monday, Monday, officially, we shall come to City FM to visit the lady and also to offer our uh, formal apology to City FM for what happened. Yes, but beyond the apology, we expect that the people who, who attacked her will be brought to book. And, and we, we are closely following. We are very interested in that. We've just um, finished talking about the attack... Right. Of of of, you, of, of on, the, on the TV station. We've not just finished. We've not even finished talking about that. And here we are, another group of thugs from another political party visiting mayhem on on, on another journalist. That cannot be countenanced. Uh, let me be frank with you. This, these are just misguided elements within the party. It is not a whole party. It's just a support supporters of one particular candidate, aspirant, and not the whole. And let me tell you that the party at the constituency. I also take care of action. All right. Uh, so, so thank you so much uh, for 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 your your for, for your kind words and, and and your assurances. I will be following this space. Thank you so much. Eyewitness News on ninety seven point three City FM. Uh, uh, some of your messages that have come through. Uh, jo Jones Adoboyinla says, uh, "Good evening, Salam. The incident today was very very unfortunate, but I believe with the able leadership." Uh, uh, the Honorable Ashimo uh, will, will ensure that calm prevails. Uh, Fuseni Salifu in Kaswazongo says the police should arrest all those NDC supporters who engaged in the destruction of NDC property during the vetting at the Odododio, uh constituency. Francis says, uh, what's happening to some of our youth? Fighting for a politician? Oh, no. Uh, Jonathan Dokenu from Akati says, first of all, I in no uncertain terms condemn the violent act of the aggrieved supporters of my dear NDC far away in Odododio constituency. But the basic problem is that certain people in leadership are ruling the party with certain you scratch my back, I scratch your back system. 
which is unfortunate for me it's a serious problem that needs to be addressed asap well let's go to the land and speak to the, the regional uh chairman of the ndc uh the honorable knee uh ashimo uh, to pick his views on what has happened you know in respect of this vetting matter hello good evening sir welcome to eyewitness news your party uh, or some elements in your party took the law into their own hands today vandalized property injured human beings and and were all over the place you, you should be very ashamed of this conduct Thank you very much for the opportunity given to me. And let me also register my displeasure for you to hold me on the line for 10 minutes whilst I'm roaming. So maybe in the course of the interview, you also have to come and apologize to me. I, I, I apologize, um, but, but but yes. Very good, very good, very good, very good. Um, I wouldn't be ashamed of myself uh, or the party. No, I said um, the conduct, the conduct, the conduct of, you know, of, some, of some of the elements who did that. Oh, yes, the, 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 the persons who were involved in this thing should have been ashamed of themselves. But the NDC is built on their um, principles. I don't think these are some of our particular principles. Um, on behalf of the Greater Accra region and the entire members of NDC within the region, uh, we sincerely apologize for uh, what has happened in the glare of the people of Ghana and Greater Accra. And also, uh, extend apologies to uh, my own sister, uh, Akosia, for what has happened to, to her. Um, a while ago, I've uh, issued an immediate uh, press release to one of your colleagues at your station to apologize and also assure the station and the entire entity that we will do everything possible within the means of the NDC, both the region and national, and make sure that we should be able to identify the corporate and then bring them to book. As I heard you pointing uh, my senior brother, uh, uh, MP4, reviewed you. So we can rest assured you that we'll do everything possible to make sure that. Because it's not about, it's not only vandalizing and destroying properties uh, of the region, but uh, for now, uh, the human being or human life is at stake. Let me say that we'll do everything possible we get our beast and make sure that uh, we bring them to block. I see, but I'm only disappointed that few hours or some hours after the incident, you know, and even though there are videos available clearly showing the faces of the people involved, no arrest has, has since been made. Yeah, if you say arrest, uh, then you are talking about maybe um, it should be something that will be. Um, Dealt with the, but we know most of the faces, and you definitely uh, it will take time for us to bring them together. We have to use the party, send out the conscious executive, we have to be able to do the commission of this. And see, so as I told you, it just happened a few uh, hours ago, and definitely the people will be uh, in some hideout or something, they will not show their faces. But I'm telling you, we've um, um, uh, initiated. And investigative, uh, making sure that we'll get these people and um, name and shape them. And the party's disciplinary committee will look at it and um, we'll take actions on it. I can tell you on authority that we will not leave this matter to rest. This is not to do only with members uh, of the party, but somebody of such an esteemed uh, broadcasting institution uh, uh, will be sure that. I mean, it, 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 it's really simple, that one. That's why we consider the press release that I did, I condemn it. That 
we really condemn the act of this. Sometimes um, this is happening, but I think uh, it's, it's, it's the overboard, and we make sure that we make everything we have possible to make sure that. Give, yes, g- given that, given that you know that you know uh, uh, you have a lot of young people in your in your in your party, uh, and and the constituency in question is one which is also with a lot of young people, and sometimes we we know the history in 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 pockets of what happens ex- you know in those areas. Why didn't you have security at the vetting venue? You should have anticipated this. You know, you should have known that there was tension in the constituency in respect of this. You'd have known the issues. Why didn't you have security at the vetting venue? There was security. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't at the venue. Um, I'm out of the country. I wasn't at the venue. But I know in such matters, definitely you will write to the police, and they, they definitely there's going to be police. Um, and even our internal security will be also engaged or deployed. But as I said, um, I've been brief. But what I've heard uh, outside the jurisdiction was appear that security uh, was at present. But you know, these things sometimes, I mean, uh, it gets out of hand. So. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to, uh, to to justify what happened or explain to the latter. In my um, in the press release that I've done, we have to reach, and I've also stated that we'll make sure that we'll, we'll work together with you and see how this we can also do to us, my younger sister who has been injured. So I wouldn't like to justify what has happened or give a, a detailed explanation. Who was there? Who wasn't there? Was the police there? Was it the security? But that has happened already. It's an incident, but that's it. We just have to look at that. We'll take preventive uh, measures that it will not happen again. And um, it's, it's quite simple. And that one will condemn it. And I personally, as a regional chairman, who leads the region, I really uh, strongly condemn it. That one I can tell you. So uh, I am not in the position to justify or explain Very or debate well. with you uh, on this matter. I will sincerely apologize on behalf of the region. Very well. We want to thank you so much, and we also want to say that we are unhappy with this. We'll be watching this space, and, and as a station, we'll also uh, take a decision on what has happened. I would thank you so much, uh, um, uh, Chairman Ni uh, uh, Ni uh, Ashimo. Eyewitness News on ninety-seven point three City FM. Uh, we're coming to you live from our studios at number eleven. Dr. Martin Loop in Adabraka in Accra. Stories we have been bringing to you this evening. Uh, violence, you know, erupted at the NDC vetting for the Odododu constituency uh, aspirants, you know, and that violence, uh, you know, uh, 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 snowballed and, you know, uh, in, you know, touched other people. And one of those persons uh, uh, touched in that uh, violence is our own uh, Akosiotri, who was injured. And we as you just heard, strongly, we are strongly uh, expressing our, you know, condemnation at it, and we will take a decision as a station in in the in the next few hours, and 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 we're sure that you you know about it. I would message on ninety seven point three CTFM. We'll take a short break. Return with more than glory. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. You're welcome back. Now, the Electricity Company of Ghana says it has restored power to all communities affected by the spillage of the Akosomo Dam. Areas including Keta, Sogakope, and Abor were disconnected as a safety measure. Hundreds of people have been displaced by the spillage, leaving many in distress. The Volta Regional Public Relations Officer for ECG, Benjamin Obey Entry, tells City News his officers are monitoring the situation to ensure the safety of the affected residents. Uh, as we speak, we have been able to restore power supply to all customers that were affected as a result of the 
emergency shutdown at the Square Hotel Box of Life Point, which occurred three days ago due to the Akosomo Dam spillage. Currently, we are supplying customers like Akachi, Abo, Keta, Dabala, and Square from the Aflower Box of Life Point. Yesterday, we started supplying Adidome and its environs from the Japan feeder. But uh, six communities, including Mafitrola, they are currently off because yesterday there was a heavy downpour in the area which led to the collapse of buildings and some of our posts. So our team is currently on site to assess the damage and see how best we can supply them, keeping the safety standards in mind. So as we speak, the power supply situation in the Volta region has improved towards the communities that were affected as a result of the shutdown of the Square Box Supply Point. We still cannot supply customers from the Square Box Supply Point because the water level keeps rising. But then we have made alternative supply routes, which we are monitoring every hour to pick the load readings to ensure that there is no low voltage or power fluctuations during the peak, uh, peak periods. Benjamin Obeyanchi is the Volta Regional Public Relations Officer for the Electricity Company of Ghana. Still staying in the region, government has set up a 13-member interministerial committee to deal with issues arising from the spillage of the Akosombo Dam. Uh, this was contained in a release signed by the Information Minister, Kojobon Kroma. Uh, the committee is chaired uh, by the Chief of Staff. Members of the committee, uh, or mem- the, the committee is made up of um, heads or ministers of the following portfolios, national security, uh, the interior, defense, energy, finance, local government, works and housing, roads and highways, environment, sanitation, lands and natural resources, and information. Quite, you know, a, a huge committee and for a very in, important matter. Now let's speak to uh, the uh, voter regional or the NADMO coordinator for uh, Central Tongue, the voter region, Bright Sedem Amuzu, uh, to bring us up to speed on, on what the relief efforts have been and, and what really uh, uh, the situation on the ground is. Hello, good evening, sir. Welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, two days ago or so, we, we heard that relief efforts hadn't reached uh, the, the the victims of the spillage. Uh, what can you say now? Do we now have relief items we, we are helping the people with? Well, uh, I think we lost Bright. We will, we will work the lines and then get him back. In the meantime, uh, uh, in the meantime, uh, there's another story on um, Ghana Water uh, warning uh, against uh, uh, you know some demolition exercise that uh, will be coming. Eyewitness News on 97.3 uh, City FM. Uh, meanwhile, Okuru Yaboa in Bremen Benin uh, says that we all have a huge responsibility to safeguard the peace. We are enjoying as Ghanaians, uh, whether you are NDC or NPP. Uh, Kwesi Reynolds in Agono Dobin says, I wish your journalist at Christian Speedy Recovery after the barbaric attack by the NDC tax. It is really, really uh, shameful, you say. Uh, Bright is joining us back on the line. Bright Sedem Amuzu is an ADMO coordinator for Central Tongue in the Volta region. Hello, Bright. Uh, welcome to Eyewitness News. I was asking that a couple of days ago or two days ago, we heard that uh, some people hadn't been reached by NADMO. They, they were struggling even to find food to eat. What is the situation now? Have we been able to reach them with some relief efforts? Um, the situation. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, our connection to you is if you can reposition yourself. The, the connection is, is, is quite terrible. Um, no, not not so not so good. But let, let's see. Okay, yeah, I 
as I was saying, the, uh, the situation as reported on is not different from uh, what you've heard from other districts. You said the situation is, is, is not different from other districts. Is that what you're saying? Hello? Hello, Mr. Amuzu. Well, it appears, uh, Mr. We are having difficulties with Mr. Amuzu's line. In the meantime, Adra gives us some more stories. So, the Ghana Water Company Limited has issued a warning that half of the population in the Greater Accra region could face water shortages if ongoing human activities near the boundaries of the Wager Dam are not stopped. The company points to the construction of structures and sun winning activities as the primary causes of pollution in the dam. These activities are increasing the cost and resources required to treat water for distribution. Plant manager for the dam engineer John Kopoi says immediate measures are needed to protect the dam and ensure a stable water supply for residents in the greater Accra region. The quality of our raw water that we use to run through our various processes to get good quality water for our consumers keeps on deteriorating. It makes it difficult and expensive for us to treat it. Also, these activities make our dam get silted. The more the dam gets silted, our storage capacity reduces. Also has consequences on the dam structure itself. And our utmost priority is to protect this dam. Because if the dam collapses, it's going to be very catastrophic for Accra itself. So if this dam collapses, how many people are likely to be involved? Well, the area is going to cover is huge, um, seven kilometers radius to both sides, and that's the area that is going to sweep. So you can see where we are located. If seven kilometers to our left and to our right is all going to be washed away, that's going to be a lot of people. So, so how many people do you currently serve this dam? How many people do you currently serve? So this this dam serves half of Accra. So half of the populace of Accra get potable water from this dam. Okay. So have there been instances where you've made efforts to prompt people not to be encroaching on your, on your properties? Have you made them? Yes, there's been several eff effects. It's, it's one of those efforts that today has brought the EPA to our doorstep. Because we are here, we are seeing the impact, and we keep on making noise about it. And it's all those efforts that today you are here to see this. Engineer John Kopoi is the plant manager for the Wager Dam, but still on that, the executive director for the Environmental Protection Agency, Henry Kokufu, says plants are in place to embark on demolition of structures along the buffer of the dam. The public must, must lend its support to EPA, to the National Security and uh, the Ghana Water Company. Whatever decision we take or whatever actions we are, we are going to take, the public must support us because it is for the public good that we, we, we need to do that. Doc, clearly we can see that it's a clear case of encroachment activities sure. and those things. What exactly will you be doing? Well, there, there are several aspects to the encroachment. You can see physical um, buildings being, being uh, brought up. Um, and then you can see also farming activities going. Uh, either of them is inimical to the work of uh, the facility. So those who are doing farming will have to stop. Those who are building have to be stopped and the structures demolished. And then we create a buffer 
declare the entire 300 meters or 400 meters from the water source or from the um, uh, the banks of the, the water body declared the no-go area security zone properly so guarded uh, against further encroachment Henry Kokufu is the executive director of the Environmental Protection Agency. Away from that, the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Kistford Bakmin, has characterized Ghana's present condition as one of the most challenging in the country's history. He emphasizes that it is imperative for citizens to collaborate towards a shared objective to tackle the pressing issue of national development. The Speaker said this in an interview with the media after an engagement with students of the Academic City University College in Accra on the, th on the topic building the next generation of future leaders. We complement each other's efforts by working together in one direction. As of now, we are pulling apart. And we are not just stagnating, we are rather slipping down a very dangerous slope. And really where we are, uh, one of the worst times we ever experienced in our history, to be frank. And so there's urgent need for us to go back, take all the documents. We have the men, we have the women that can within a month or two put all together for us to approve a national vision. That document must come to Parliament, which is the representatives of the people, to approve. And then parliamentarians will assist in its advocacy, educating our people to understand that this is where we decided to go. So we all work in that direction. That's what develops a nation. So all these nations that you've seen that they develop, it's because they have a national development vision. We do that. Speaker of Parliament, Alban Babin. Moving on, the Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources, Frida Prempe, has dismissed reports that her ministry has received an amount of $125 million from the World Bank to support a five-year initiative to train environmental inspectors to prosecute sanitation offenders. According to the minister, these reports are a misrepresentation of what the ministry's officials said during the training of environmental prosecutors in Tamale last month. Clarifying the issue, she noted that $125 million is the entire budget for a four-year GAMA sanitation and water project that started in 2021. That's the Gamma project. The training of the environmental prosecutors was just one activity under the capacity building component of the four-year project. She made a statement in Kumasi during the commissioning of 38 institutional toilet facilities across eight district assemblies in the Ashanti region. The World Bank have not dumped any money in my office as it's been circulated around. The 125 billion have been given to the Ministry of Sanitation and Water Resources. Indeed, they have a project which together has about four components. This comes up to 125 billion. This was started years ago and it's still under some being taken in Kumase and something in Accra, and yet somebody somewhere decided to do his own story to put out there the 150, 125 million dollars have been given to the Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources. I want to state on, state categorically that no such monies have been dumped in my office. Indeed, 
Um, the attention of my ministry was drawn to recent media reports seeking to portray that the ministry has received $125 million grant from the World Bank to support a five-year initiative to train environmental inspectors to bring sanitation effectiveness to ports. I wish to state here that the report is not factual and it is a misinterpretation of what the ministry's official said at a recent workshop to train environmental health prosecutors in Tamale and Wa. You heard the Minister for Sanitation and Water Resources, Frida Prempe. Let's now move to the Health Ministry, where Sector Minister Kwekwajima Menu says government is exploring two potential solutions to aid individuals with kidney diseases. These potential solutions include subsidies for treatment and the enrollment of kidney disease patients onto the National Health Insurance Scheme. According to the Health Minister, data from the Ghana Health Service says that 90% of dialysis patients cannot afford treatment, making this issue a top priority for the government. Government is quickly looking at what policy new thing that we can introduce to support those with that challenge. It is seriously a problem with all of us. I presented the paper on the request of the president to cabinet last week, and we are looking at it. Quickly, we know what we should do to solve some of these challenges. The only option is that if we seem to have good money, right, government can absorb and give subsidies to the people. We have asked Kolebu and the other centers to give us the type of numbers they are dealing with, so we can quantify what type of support we can bring. Kwekwajima Menu is the Minister for Health, who will stay on health now. The former Chief Executive Officer of the Mental Health Authority, Professor Kwesiose, has urgently advocated for the implementation of the mental health levy. He emphasizes the need for this levy to strengthen government funding for mental health facilities which currently suffer from severe financial inadequacy. Professor Ose pointed out that mental health care is not covered by the National Health Insurance Scheme and insufficient Funds have hindered the development of the Mental Health Authority's governance structure. He passionately called for a swift implementation of the mental health levy to improve the financing of mental health institutions and enhance the delivery of quality mental health services. The Sustainable Development Goals SDG has various portions devoted to mental health and all is a recognition that good mental health is vital. Without good mental health, we can easily break down when we undergo the least stress and this can interfere with our legitimate dealings with people. As we talk about the responsibility of the state, a major responsibility is financial releases. And the Mental Health Act, Act 8 Forces of 2012 talks about mental health levy. In fact, the parliament has done its part by ensuring that mental health levy is part of the Mental Health Act. What is left is for cabinet, the government itself, to pass another law to show how the levy is established. And the levy could be everybody paying maybe as low as 50 pesos every salaried worker paying 50 pesos every month, or it could be establishing a new levy altogether, or it could be taking part of existing levies, like alcohol and tobacco levies, which we call sin tax, or top tax, debt fund. Just take 0.5% of these taxes and put them together. If you take four areas, you have an equivalent of 2%. That will be enough to take care of all our needs at Pantan, Ankapo, Accra, Sakai, and the community. We need to do this very urgently. 
Professor Kusiosa is a former chief executive officer of the Mental Health Authority. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM. Now, uh, the armed forces have issued a statement urging civilians to refrain from the unauthorized use of military party uniforms and equipment. Uh, this warning comes after a recent demonstration where some protesters and individuals claiming to provide security for dignitaries were observed wearing military party camouflage uniforms. The statement expressed a military disappointment over the unlawful use of their uniforms and emphasized that such actions create insecurity and tarnish the image of the military. Uh, the armed forces stated their intention to apprehend and prosecute those found guilty of this offense and charged the public not to wear uh, these uniforms, particularly during protests. Uh, they also assured the public of their commitment to upholding Ghana's sovereignty and integrity at all times. Eyewitness News on 97.3 City FM, a few of your messages that have come through. Um, Jonathan Dokanu from Akachi says, Good evening, Salon. Uh, in today's world, we plan based on history, available data, and forecast. Though I accept the fact that the spillage cannot be stopped, they could have uh, been a deliberate. There could have been a deliberate way of safeguarding human lives and properties. As for our president, if the same spillage were to be affecting people in, say, Togo, he would be the first to tweet in solidarity even before the president of Togo. It's sad, you say. Uh, we will. Uh, it's, it's now time for city business news, but we will take a short break when we return. Uh, the business will hit your waves. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Adjoatin Kraman. Domina, the details now on the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Ghana, COPEC, is projecting a decline in the prices of fuel in the second pricing window of October 2023. COPEC's projection indicate that a decline is as a result of the decrease in the price of crude on the international market and the seeming appreciation of the city against the dollar. Petro is now expected to be sold between 11.49 Ghana cities per litre and 12.70 Ghana cities per litre, while diesel will sell between 12.06 Ghana cities per litre and 13.33 Ghana cities per litre. The Executive Secretary of COPEC, Duncan Amwa, has been speaking to City Business News on the development. It could be very good news for consumers of petroleum products for the coming window, which commences on Monday, the 16th day of October 23. Uh, indications are that you could witness a decline in petrol prices. Uh, for petrol, you are looking at about 3.3%. Uh, diesel could do about 5.5% uh, decline, whilst LPG could do a similar 5% uh, decline. This is largely attributable to uh, international market price movements and then again the performance of the forex over the past two-week period. Uh, international markets have declined uh, for petrol around 9%, for diesel around uh, 13 LPG around 12%. Duncan Amoy is Executive Secretary of the Chamber of Petroleum Consumers, Ghana, COPEC. And after spending, suspending its protests following an agreement with the government, the aggrieved customers of the collapsed Gold Coast Fund Management Company are calling on the government to fast-track efforts to pay their locked-up funds. According to the group, 
an amount of 8.6 billion Ghana cities, which was approved by Parliament to settle its members, has not yet been given to them. Hence, the protests that led them spending the night at the premises of the Finance Ministry. Convene of the aggrieved customers of the collapsed Gold Coast Fund Management Company calls on the government to expedite payment. Moving on, the Ghana Export Promotion Authority, GEPA, has unveiled a visionary plan to generate a staggering $25.3 billion in export revenue by a close of 2029. To accomplish this goal, GEPA has devised a comprehensive 10-year national export development strategy. During the launch of the initiative... Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Export Promotion Authority, Samuel Dintu, outlined the authority's mission and vision. Since the inception of the authority, GEPA has been entrusted with a pivotal mission of fostering and advancing Ghanaian exports. In line of this mission, we have formulated a comprehensive 10-year national export development strategy poised to elevate Ghana's export revenue by a substantial amount of 25.3 billion USD by the year 2029. This strategy is anchored on three fundamental pillars, with the third pillar emphasizing on the imperative of expanding the capabilities of exporters and all associated stakeholders. Collaborative efforts such as the one we are witnessing today holds significant importance for us. It is gratifying to note that we have already conducted successful export school initiative across the regions of Ghana. Samuel Dintu also revealed that GEPA is committed to rectifying Ghana's trade imbalance through initiatives such as the GEPA Compete Ghana Export School Program. It is these little, little programs that open up the market to the exporters. So we are leveraging it already. I mean, we, we have had extensive interactions with the EU um, delegation. I mean, um, and through programs like this, Compute Ghana, we want to train more people to understand the markets. It's not just the EU markets. Thankfully, today there is the African Continental Free Trade Area Agreement, which we are also leveraging very um, well to ensure that our SMEs play a part. Um, I've always said that, I mean, especially when it comes to um, after, um, if we do not, we do not um, be intentional about training our SMEs to play, um, we would be swamped by other people from other countries because it's a, a market that has been opened so everybody can go everywhere. So for us, this EU Compete Ghana program, we've been um, a very, very um, solid partner, and everything that they have done, we have been part of it. It's all about... Deputy Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Export Promotion Authority, Samuel Dentu. And that's it for City Business News. On Eyewitness News, it was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Adjoa Tinkrama Domina. Thank you for listening, but the app next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
28 minutes to the top of the hour. Welcome to Point Blank on Eyewitness News. Tonight, we revisit the IGP leak tape saga. Or the leaked IGP tape saga. Lawyers for the IGP and chairman of the committee, the Honorable uh, Samuel Atacha, have been crossing paths. They accuse the chairman of bias against the IGP. Chairman says the issue of bias is being withdrawn. The IGP's team also says no, no such withdrawal has been made, and I've put him to strict proof. A member of the IGP's council. Kofi Bentel is with me tonight in studio. I'm going to go through into the mind of the IGP and his team to see what they make of all this process. Kofi, welcome to Point Blank. Thank you. It's been a while. Uh, we, we, we see you do a lot of things, civil society, law, etc. It, it must be uh, quite an engaging period for you. For God and country. We have to do what we can before we... <laughs> Pop off. I see. So, so yeah, civil society, you know, uh, and, and quite a number of persons have been following the work of this IGP quite closely, uh, and and so all of a sudden we 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 heard of the leak tape. We listened to the content of it in most parts, you know, and and quite explosive things being said about the IGP by his own men or some members of his own, you know, management, you know, to uh, a political bigwig, Brugin uh, former. Uh, a chairman of the northern region, the, the, the MPP in the northern region. And key amongst the things that were said was that the IGP would not help them win election, the IGP was not good enough, etc. And so he should be removed. If he's not removed, then they cannot break the aid. Besides what happened in Kumau and said that if things do not change, they were going to lose Asinov as well. Things didn't change, they lost Asinov. Uh, somebody raises the matter in parliament, Emmanuel Amako Fibua. Now, speaker says, let's set up a committee to look into the matter. Uh, first of all, what's your thinking around the constitution of a committee to probe this, this matter of the leak tape? Oh, thank you. Um, let's start by uh, clearing the premise you laid. Um, you said, oh, some of his own men and his management are complaining about him. The Ghana police today mm. is made up of over 50,000 people. Mm. And you should take note of the fact that in all the sittings that the IGP has been invited to, Pomab has been with him. All mm. the you know big wigs and all the management personnel there have gone with him. Indeed, in the last um, um, in-camera hearing, the chairman asked that they excuse themselves, and they respectfully did so. So it is not true mm. when you give the impression that his men are against him. If you run any organization of 50,000 people spread around every district in this country, and you are the head of administration and operations and doing all the things you are doing. And you can see this IGP is a hands-on IGP. Mm. There will absolutely be some people who have a problem with you. One of the things that this so-called probe is bringing up is that even under this level of scrutiny, 
we can't find any serious allegation against the IGP. So first, let's deal with the fact that if you have three policemen, one of whom is retiring, who come and complain that he wants to be IGP? Clearly, mm. he's telling you what his ambitions are. Mm. And he makes it clear that his ambitions are not honorable because he thinks that he should be made IGP so he can do things that are not in the interest of the country. Mm. That has an inference to make from it. It's not an inference. I'm talking about what he said. No, but to, to, he didn't say that his his his, uh, his his interests are not honorable. No, I mean, I look. The man says mm. the current IGP will not do things that will help you to win the election, mm. and that put me there so I would help you to win the election. Is that in the interest of the country? Mm. So I'm saying, let's be clear about it, and not means worse about the fact that somebody who thinks that his ambition is to do something mm. to favor one political party is not an honorable person. Mm. Now, if you see, you should define a man by the enemies he makes. Mm. If this is the kind of person who wants to replace our IGP, we should be happy we have this man in office as IGP. Mm. So let's clear this first part where you think that there are people complaining about it. No, that's not the truth. Mm. There are people with dishonorable intentions trying to get into those positions so they'll do things which are not in the national interest. Mm. And when he cites what happened in Kumewu, Kumewu was a positive. Mm. You had for the fact, you didn't see military people running around in Kumewu. The security situation was sound. The IGP was there himself, all right? How is that a negative? So, you know, we should situate these things in the proper context, okay? So these people go and they are gossiping and they are talking about trying to become IGP through irregular means. Mm. They are the people who should be accused. What do you mean by irregular means? Because he makes the point at a meeting that, I mean, COP mentioned in this case, that lobbying for a position is not bad. And indeed, lobbying is not bad. Politicians lobby, Absolutely. a lot of people lobby. So if he is lobbying to be the IGP, I don't think there should be anything wrong with that. There is there? nothing wrong with lobbying. Mm. It is irregular if you are a COP mm. and you want to be a policeman. Mm. For you not to show in your performance mm. and bring yourself to the notice of the appointing authority properly mm -hmm. through merit mm. that you are worth being appointed as IGP. But you go through some party chairman. Because an appointment by a party leader, the president. No. No, and you know, honestly, I can understand you know where journalists will try to mm. you know push the limits, mm. but um, we should try and be clear and straightforward about this. Mm. There's no problem seeking the help of a friend or whatever it is, but I'm saying it is irregular for you not to use the police system, mm. not to try and get promotion by merit, mm. but to use some outside the system arrangements mm. and say, because I can help you win the election against the person by using state institutions like the police. Mm. Okay, get me to go and see somebody so we can knock out an IGP who is performing absolutely fantastic. Okay, that is irregular. Mm. We want people to gain their positions by merit. Let us not make excuses for these people who have advertised that they are not fit for their office. By his own utterances, he should never be put anywhere near the position of IGP. Mm. And that is clear. I see. So now we had a committee start work. I mean, we saw the things which were said in the first few days. Eventually, it so happened that the IGP had to be invited. Or originally or initially, it was not part of the list. But because it, his name had come up and you know, allegations had been made against him, it was thought fair that he would come and, and deliver. Indeed, he, he did come. He spoke well. People thought he had done a good job, etc. And then in the conversation, some of his colleagues said he had things against him that they did not want to say on record. In fact, in some of the cases, 
they, 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 they hesitated. And so the committee told them that they would take those uh, pieces of evidence in camera. You have been to the in-camera hearings. But before we come to the in-camera hearings, you know, what was the general uh, uh, assessment of how the IGP dealt with the matters and whether indeed, you know, the matters that were brought against him were properly cleared out? Um, as lawyer for the IGP, it is my view mm. that indeed no serious allegation has been made against the IGP. Mm. We all saw when he was put on full blast in the public and the questions that were asked. I am not sure anybody had anything that constituted a serious allegation against the head of operations and administration of the Ghana Police Service, a person who runs all this arrangement together with his management board, mm. over 50,000 people in every district. If you, if you do any kind of serious check on anybody on that level, there mm. will be one or two things that you may find which you may have to answer to. And given that opportunity, we have not heard anything, whether in camera or in public, that constitutes a significant issue for which, you know, the IGP should be hauled back and forth. But note something. This went to Parliament, and Parliament set up this committee. Mm -hmm. We all have to respect state institutions. So no matter what I think, once Parliament calls you and says, come, you go. And that's why the IGP went mm. and has been happy to go every time. In fact, the last time, he was not too well. He went sat there because the previous one, he couldn't make it. He didn't want a situation where it looked like he wasn't coming. So he insisted on going and asking for permission. And he did. In fact, after he asked, the chairman said, oh, you should have told me earlier and that kind of thing. But that's the nature of the person. He says, I want to be there and I want to ask for permission myself. Mm. So the thing is, we haven't seen any serious allegation. Mm. Um, but everything that has been said has been heard. Mm -hmm. And as far as we are concerned, there is none. Mm. whether in camera or out. But that is the work of the committee. We mm. believe that um, if they are looking at just the facts and the evidence, our client will absolutely be vindicated. Mm. So so in, in the IEP's responses, etc., I got a feeling that he felt that the, 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 the ambit or the scope or the TOR of the committee was being extended beyond what it was. Uh, but what, why, why, why does the team have that impression of, of the work of the committee? Again, it's not a matter of opinion. So it is a Speaker of Parliament who set up this thing. Mm. And the Speaker of Parliament set it up and said that, do A, B, C, and D. Mm. All right. And this A, B, C, and D were written down. If you look at what um, they uh, uh, were given in terms of the remit of this committee, generally it was, a, not generally, this is what it was. They should ascertain the veracity of the tape, as in whether the tape is correct, true, mm. yeah. or not. Investigate the conspiracy to remove the IGP. That makes the people who were engaged in the conspiracy the targets. Mm -hmm. They are the people who should be accused. Mm -hmm. Okay, They should be investigated, not the IGP. Mm -hmm. And then investigate any other matter contained on the tape. Mm -hmm. That is with reference to the tape. The tape is your limiting factor. Okay, And then recommend sanctions and make recommendations for reforms where needed and consequential orders. Mm. What you need to know is that there is no stretch of interpretation that says that something that has to be limited to a tape should be expanded into a full-blown probe of the IGP and the police administration. Mm. This is a tape. It's a historical fact of what happened. Somebody taped something. And the, uh, the, the Speaker of Parliament is saying, go and look at this tape and let me know whether there are any other issues coming out of it. Now, the first three are the big issues. Mm. Ascertain the veracity of the tape. Is it a genuine tape? Is it a fake? Is it this or that? And it is interesting that it was very, very easy to ascertain. Mm. Chief Bukri Nabu came and said, I recorded the tape. I found what these people were saying to be terrible, preposterous, and I wanted to put them on record. 
So I recorded the tape. Now, if you are the chairman who has been sent to go and find what happened, mm. what is your bone in this thing? So it means that the first, the, 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 the point one of the TOR was, was, was resolved. It has been resolved. And unfortunately, after it being resolved, the chairman comes up and says, oh, no, there are two tapes. And the tape was doctored. Yeah, but if indeed, in the course of the investigation, I mean, another tape pops up, it's within his, 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 his remit to, 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 to investigate or to inquire about that particular tape. It is within his remit to investigate. Mm -hmm. It is not within his remit to make statements about things that have not been investigated. Hmm. Okay? You had a tape, and then there was a longer version of the tape that mm -hmm. was produced without anybody hearing it, mm -hmm. without it being investigated without any forensic work being done about it, the chairman who has no special abilities to determine what is a fault tape or not, just goes out and is reported to have said that the tape is doctored. This is against the background of the person who recorded the tape saying, I recorded the tape. It is not doctored. Hmm. And keeps insisting. And it turns out that it is just the short version and the long version. Hmm. When you do a long recording, most of the things will not be relevant. Okay, when you say doctored, it means edited with nefarious intent. Hmm. Somebody has taken things out and put something in with an intent to change the narrative. Hmm. So you use those words carefully, especially when you're the chairman of a committee that is fact-finding, hmm. seeking truth. So will you, will, you describe as, will you describe that as the inappropriate use of words or bias? Because your, your claim against him is that is demonstrated bias against you know your your, your client the IGP that that's, that's quite a very uh, uh, huge claim to make against the chairman of such an important committee. Look, we are not just talking opinion. We mm. are basing what we've said on conduct. Mm. One of the conduct is that you call a tape you have not reviewed, doctored. Mm. You give it a certain kind of negative, you know, tinge. All right, and you had a situation where, I mean. A number of things happen which are irregular as far as this kind of uh, parliamentary arrangement goes. First, you remember that when uh, our senior counsel, uh, Kwame Jan, mm -hmm. first went there, he spoke about the irregularity of having certain people in the room. If you go to court, and by the way, parliament has rules. Mm -hmm. They do things under very, very extensive rules. And the speaker who gave the instruction for this work to be done is a master of parliamentary rules and he knows exactly what he set you know, out to achieve. Mm. Now, if you have this situation, and our lawyer says, well, the proper thing would be to clear the place because a witness cannot be sitting down here looking at this other person. Now, if you go to court, these things are done. Mm. The, 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 the chairman just says, no, he's going to go ahead anyhow. And he went ahead. So, so, we so gave him the, let, let, let's, your question, yeah, yes. We gave him the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. in that situation. Mm -hmm. Subsequently, you have a situation where people have presented evidence. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you say, okay, can you bring me more evidence? Mm -hmm. All right. And whatever the nature of the evidence is. We are like, no, you have a limit. And you cannot make this a full-blown, you know, um, probe of the whole Ghana police. But I says, well, I'm still open to taking whatever evidence can come. At the last but one meeting, whatever had evidence had been produced, they were supposed to corroborate it, come and substantiate it. Not, not, nothing like that happened. They actually rather changed some aspects of the testimony they had given earlier. Hmm. And at the end of that uh, sitting, the chairman says, well, come back tomorrow, and if you have any further evidence, please bring it again. And we are like, this process does not look normal because 
if the people for months mm -hmm. have given you a set of evidences and today you have gone through them and more or less you have exhausted what you need to do with them, you can close. But why do you ask them to come back in 24 hours and bring you new evidence? But if they say that they have some evidence they're trying to get their hands on or they're trying to retrieve, mm -hmm. you should give them time to do that. They or, haven't or, said that. They've not said that. No. So the, 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 the chairman on his own said, okay, you guys go bring me more evidence. Just go bring me more evidence yes. without the asking. Yes. Mm. Yes. And that's strange. So my senior counsel says that, well, you know, for us to come back here and just listen to whether there will be new evidence or not may not be the best. So please, can you just let them give you whatever evidence? In any case, that itself is irregular. Mm. All right. Look, like I said, it's about historical fact finding. There is a tape and you're supposed to be checking what's on the tape. It is not about any new thing that has happened. Because in the, in the, in the committee hearing, the public one, what we know is that, of course, what, um, the, the guy said the IGP orchestrated a recording of... of the, the, Who the, said... Uh, I think it was ECOP Mensa, one of them said that the IGP, mm -hmm. sorry, not the IGP, the IGP actually mm -hmm. orchestrated a recording and so they had evidence to prove that. Good. So, so he so was we supposed thought, to bring that evidence. Yeah, so, so the, the thinking is that when you go into, into, into the in-camera hearings, that evidence was going to be available. Are you saying that when you guys went in-camera, nothing of that nature no, surfaced? nothing. So what did they say about the claim that I'm the IGP... I'm going to divulge everything that was said. The mm. committee will bring you the report, but these mm. ones I can tell you. Nothing. And you are right. When somebody says, oh, I believe this, or I know this happened, he's mm. supposed to bring the evidence. He didn't. And why would you take the word of the person who is affected mm. when he says something like this, and then he brings you no evidence? Mm. And then on the day, he brings you no evidence to that effect. You tell him that, oh, go back and see whether you find new evidence and bring it. We thought that was irregular. And we said, fine, no problem, you take it. But why do we have to gather here to see whether there's new evidence or not? Mm. So let him bring you whatever evidence it is. If you need to call us back, call us back. Mm. Right. We go back the next day. No new evidence was produced. Yeah, so, so I, I, point I, I, I'm making, mm. you asked the question mm. about why we have a problem with some of the things that the mm -hmm. chairman has done. And the point we are making is that some of these things create cause for you know alarm. Mm. We as counsel have to protect our client, but our client has made it clear that he has nothing to hide. Mm. But we also have to be minded that there has to be procedural justice in all of this. Mm -hmm. From day one, when my senior counsel raised it and it was brushed off, Subsequently, there have been a number of things. Now, if even you put our view as lawyers aside, as we speak, put any 10 people together and ask them what they think is going on. Hmm. And you would get a certain answer consistently that it seems or looks like something being cooked, you know, to come uh, knock off the IGP. Hmm. All right. I'm not saying that is true or not, but that is what it looks like. Okay. And it's not coming from me. Many people seem to have that view. All right. You have a situation where this is not a sole commissioner. The chairman is not a sole commissioner. It's a mm -hmm. very different kind of animal if you have a sole commissioner who is working on a certain... This is a parliamentary committee subject to parliamentary rules. There is a deputy there, chairperson there. Mm -hmm. Okay. There were situations where the deputy chairperson had so many disagreements, he had to walk out. He felt in, in, that... In the end camera? Yes. He, oh, so the deputy he, chair he walked out? Yes. Uh, that's on news. Uh, mm -hmm. It's public knowledge. Okay. So that gives you another, you know, uh, um, kind of it gives you another idea that we are not the only people complaining. Okay, Chief Bugrinabu consistently maintained that, look, I recorded this thing and there has been no doctoring. It was at the last sitting that Chief Bugrinabu insisted. And then after much back and forth, it was admitted that, okay, there has been no doctoring. Why was it necessary to do that? You have to take the word of the person, the evidence of the person, and then let's move with it. And I can report to you because... CSO leaders in this country have been alarmed about it, knowing what has happened in our recent history with people like Domilovo and Co. Okay, who after the fact, we, I and a couple of people ran to the courts. Okay, after two years, it was found that what the president did was wrong, mm. but the damage had been done. I can tell you CSO leaders 
were alarmed at what was going on. They sought audience with the Speaker of Parliament, and they've gone to see the Speaker of Parliament to, you know, let him know that, well, you set this thing up, and um, we are not sure whether everything is okay. And the Speaker of Parliament has assured them that nothing untoward will happen because he set it up. It is his a committee. He will make sure that this is not used for any nefarious activity. Mm. The point I'm making is that we are not the only people complaining that something is going wrong, all right? And who is creating this problem? Who is making people feel that something is about to go wrong? And that is why we make the statement that the conduct, the utterances of the chairman are not proper. Hmm. And we have said that we think it puts him in the place where we can describe him as biased. We stand by that statement. We have not withdrawn it. We are waiting to see how things will turn out. And then we will be able to know whether it has affected the outcome. Because he's not the only person on the committee. But we maintain our position. That per his utterances, per his actions, we are not confident in him. Mm. We think they are biased. We think it is not necessary for him to take those lines. Okay. I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he should be finding fact. As we speak, it clearly looks as if he has turned the victim of the conspiracy, which mm. is the IGP, into the accused person. Mm -hmm. And he's questioning the IGP on behalf of the police officers, some of whom are the IGP's juniors. Note that the police service has elaborate systems, even if these things have happened. The police service has systems for complaining, for raising queries, and all those things. And some of these questions do not have to be answered by the IGP as a person. They should be answered by police management board. Hmm. All right. So this whole thing, which looks like it is the IGP who is on trial, it is his administration who is on trial, that is on trial. It is what is going on under him that is on trial. Where does it come from? Mm. It doesn't come from the minority on the panel. It doesn't come from the lawyers. And what is the general public seeing? I am comforted that the, uh, the speaker has the final word in all of these things. Mm. But we maintain that the posture of the chairman is not proper. I see. Uh, this is a, the, the point of view. My guess is that Kofi Bentel is lawyer for the IGP. Their concern is that or they have accused the chairman of the uh, parliamentary committee probing uh, the leak tape saga uh, of bias against the, uh, uh, the, the the IGP, the field, as is just said, that the victim uh, is, is 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 rather being has rather become the accused, uh, and that they find quite disconcerting. Uh, so, so Kofi, what, what's the thinking of your client? Of course, you speak the mind of your client, but does he think that the goings on could lead to he being ousted at some point? You know, in the process. We lawyers don't pretend to read minds. Uh, we get instructions, and um, our client's instructions are that we should cooperate with the committee to the fullest extent. Mm. And that's what we are doing. There are fights we would have liked to fight on procedure, etc., but he has told us plain that he doesn't want a situation where it looks like we are running away or he has something to hide. Mm. So those are his instructions, all right? And he has made it clear that he is there to do his work and will continue to do his work to the last day, mm. all right? I mean, when you get people like IGP Dampari, you should know that on a personal level, it is not a problem for them. When we drove out uh, Mr. Domilovo, he ended up getting a bigger job. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is in the national interest that we keep people like Jamper. And I'm not just, you know, hero worshipping him. We all see the difference that has been made. Okay, so in terms of he himself, what he is interested in is answering every question. And incidentally, no serious question has arisen that goes to the root of what he's doing. Note something. Even if somebody said, oh, he recorded the message. Mm. <laughs> Note something, just for the sake of argument. Even if the IGP recorded the message or the uh, interaction, look, an IGP should have the necessary wherewithal 
with all his intelligence and whatever, to record everybody in this country. Mm. It is part of his job. And then decide how he's going to use it. What is the intelligence systems for? What are CID investigations or whatever? What are they for? Cyber crime unit and whatever. They Even have if it's the a private, private conversation. Yes. Look, in this country, the law allows you to commit a crime, okay, to expose another crime. Mm. All right. And the IGP has a relevant duty to make sure that he knows what is going on. I'm not saying you should breach people's privacy. Mm. I'm a lawyer. You know what I do. I would never agree to that. But I'm saying, in the interest of national security, for the person in charge of internal security mm. to have the capability to record people when, when they didn't know, it's not a crime. It is how he uses that. The point I'm making is that no serious question has arisen that challenges the competence of this IGP or his methods or whatever it is. If all you are saying is that he engineered the recording, why is there a problem? Mm. What is the problem about it? You understand? So he is interested in answering every question because indeed I believe he has answers for every question. So, so clearly from everything you've been saying, you, you don't seem to think that the committee that the committee was, was a necessary you, you know, thing to be set up at all because there was really no question to be answered. So all the matters that were raised should have been just brushed aside so we continue with our lives. No. I said and I repeat, even if I don't think the issue was a serious enough issue, and mm. I'm not alone in that, as long as parliament calls you, you mm. go. As long as the issue rises to that level and the speaker sets up a parliamentary committee, whatever you think, you go. That's why mm. we've been going mm. every day. So I agree with those who believe that if you compare this, for instance, to the Sherman killings, mm -hmm. the Sherman killings were more important. And maybe parliament should have taken a better look at that. Mm. Okay. But they decided to do But this. maybe maybe because matters of election, breaking the eight, etc. came in, mm -hmm. I mean, that alarmed a lot more people. It yes. was a lot more people talking about it for days, especially as the, the video or the, the audio was readily available everywhere. Mm -hmm. So it got a lot more people talking about it and politicians, MPs, etc., being who they are, got mm -hmm. interested because of the election bit. I totally and, agree and, with and you. So and I'm saying they have a right to do that. Mm. Whether I agree or disagree... Once Parliament says, come and sit down and let me ask you questions, you, you have, have to, to respect them. Mm -hmm. And that is why we have been instructed by the IGP that even though there are procedural lapses and things, we should make sure we go mm -hmm. and answer all the questions. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely, so, it is so, necessary. So, what was the next step in, in the process? You know, the committee hearing, the, the in-camera hearings have been done. Mm -hmm. uh, is that concluded or what, what happens? Are we, have we been given a date where you know, the report to be out or the report to be submitted to the speaker. You know, what, why are we in the process? Well, uh, we're supposed to have a week-long uh, session of sittings. Mm -hmm. We went for the first day. They were supposed to bring the evidence to back some of the sessions they made. For instance, that IGP mm -hmm. uh, recorded the thing. They brought no evidence on mm -hmm. the first day this week. So, so indeed, that's because, because the, the, the COP, in, in one of the interviews, he was walking out and the, the journalist chased him to a, He said he had a lot of evidence. So is it a case that what he presented, in your view, did not have the, the requisite probative value to pin down your client no. or they presented nothing at Listen all? to me. The first day we went there, they did not present any evidence to back any of the accusations they had made. Hmm. What happened was they amended some of their statements that they had earlier made. Okay. All right. So no new evidence was presented, okay? That is on record. Mm. Second day, we were told they would come back and if there was any new evidence they had, they would <laughs> present it. And again, I'm not going into the details, but I can say no new evidence was presented on the second day. They said they didn't have anything new. However, COP presented a sealed and written statement mm. 
Okay, so it wasn't. We don't know what is in it. Sealed and okay. So addressed to the committee. Addressed to the committee. Now, if it is the the nature of evidence, we will be made mm -hmm. aware of it yeah. so we can respond to mm -hmm. it. That is all that happened. So that was handed to the chairman. He will go and review it and see whether it has probative value, whether it's necessary, whether it's admissible, whether he should bring it to our notice or not. And if he decides to bring it to our notice, he will bring it to our notice. We we'll also do what we need to do and answer to that. That is what happened on the second day. It was a mm. very short hearing. We dispersed. Now we are waiting to hear from the chairman. Mm. If he calls us back, our instruction is to go back. Mm. If he asks us questions, our instruction is to answer them. If there is evidence, he has to give it to us. We have to look at it and we have to prepare and come and respond to it. Mm. We still insist that we are not happy with the way he's conducting things. But if he calls us, we will go. If he asks us questions, we will give him answers. Mm. But he has to also follow the proper procedure. So right now we are waiting for him. Mm. Otherwise, as far as we are concerned, the remit of this committee has been fully met. Mm. He can write his report and send it to the speaker. The speaker will look at it and see whether what he sent them to do is what they have done mm. and then decide what he's going to do with it. Very well. Kofi Bento, thanks so much. Kofi Bento is, is lawyer for the IGP, member of his legal team, and they are not happy about how the chairman of the committee uh, probing the, the leak tape saga is, is, is proceeding with the work. They've actually accused him of bias. Uh, the attacher says, you know, he's not biased. He's just doing his job as he, as, as, as he knows how to do it. Um, we hope this matter concludes uh, pretty shortly so, so, so we, can, we can have our peace on that front. Uh, this has been Point Blank, uh, which has come to you from, live from our studios at number 11, Dr. Martin Vinadabrakai Nakra. She's been produced by Nana Kobna Wilson, Beverly in London. And uh, Sami, we have a social media assistance being given by Ebrin Kwa Kofi, uh, technical assistance by Daniel Squashi. Earlier, you heard uh, Ajwa Tinkrama Dunina. My name is Salom Adunu Kashmi. Tomorrow at 9 a.m. for the big issue where we look at the, the biggest news stories uh, in the week. Um, have a good evening. Up next is Sports Panorama with Nathan Kwa. Don't go away. Hotline on zero three zero two 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 four nine five nine and get interactive.